Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? Forty. Ahoy, hoy. Ham. Howdy ho. And your uh, host, Hamish. Sorry, I, I, I've been watching a bit of South Park lately. That's why. <laughs> you should be able to hear our new intro at the top of the show. Um, so I hope you like a bit of that. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll trial a couple of different ones throughout the year. But um, I, I put that one together, and, and hopefully, um, we get a bit of good feedback on it. Oh, you can tell it's professionally made. Like everything in this podcast. Um, 100% now, now, we've been uh, away since just before Christmas. The last one was the uh, Christmas Eve uh, edition. Since then, there's been a couple of different things happening. So, we'll, this uh, episode, we'll go through the news items, through the junior reps, um, including last week's round one results, then look at some of the preseason fixtures coming up, then preview the round two in the junior reps, including the Country Rugby League junior reps, and then the NRL nines preview. So, to start it off with a couple of news items... change of venue for the trial versus Penrith. So previously it was going to be a Penrith home ground. It's now changed to bigger showground. And that's because it's for the Bushfire Recovery Fund. Um, so tickets are 10 bucks. Free tickets to Sapphire Coast locals who have registered at a Bushfire Recovery Centre since October 2019. And all profits from the game will go to the Salvation Army's Rural Assistance Appeal, which helps rural communities, individuals who have been affected by the drought and bushfires. So gates open 12 noon. And then Andrew John's Cup will kick off at 12.05. Then Laurie Daly won 40. And then the main event will be at 4 o'clock. I understand that that will be televised on Fox. And Nine. And Channel Nine. They are on both um, channels. So for those who don't have Fox, uh, you've got the free to air. Um, so I know we're a bit frustrated that it's not something we can go out to and see, although we could get down to Bega, but that's a bit of a trek for myself. And I'm pretty uh, sure all the hotels will be booked out by now. I exactly. mean, but, but, yeah. you know, once you're, if you've been down to Bega, you only got a couple of hotels. And after, there's no, it's not like Sydney, there's no surrounding suburbs. The next town over is like 100 kilometres away. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, good for the change of venue and all that. I would have liked to have gone to a trial, but that's me being selfish. I suppose bigger is better. All right. Um, then on to the leadership group. So this week, Paramount Eels have named uh, a five-man leadership group, which was voted on by the players, which includes the captain, Clint Gutherson, Mitch Moses, Junior Paulo, Nathan Brown, and Ryan Madison. Um, how do we feel about a le- leadership group? Uh, I, I, I said it. You know, in the in the chat, I don't know about a leadership group. I think um, I'm a bit traditionalist in the in the sense that I think there should be captain and, and a vice captain, and that should be it. But I suppose if you know that's the way that um, the corporate think that you know having a leadership group is better, well, then I suppose that is the way to go. But personally, I think it should just be you know, have your coach, captain, vice captain. I mean, if you can't speak to any of 
three of those guys about any problem or, you know, especially because Gutho plays 80 minutes a, a game you know, and hopefully 20, 20, whatever, 20 rounds a, week, a year. Um, I think that's enough leadership, but good on Paulo, Brownie and Madison and Moses to go along with it. Yeah, I mean, these days sort of leadership groups are part and parcel of professional sporting organisations, or at least it seems so. So it's not surprising to see the Eels. It's not like it's something new. We've had it in the past in various iterations. Uh, but, I mean, Gufferson speaks you know, for himself as a captain. Um, I don't think there's any particularly surprising things. Mitch Moses definitely grew on and off the field last year, and seeing him step into that leadership capacity doesn't surprise me. Um, Junior Paulo is the alpha you know, forward in our pack, uh, and Nathan Brown is you know, probably 1A, uh, 1B to Junior's 1A there. Um, Madison probably the most surprising one for people looking from the outside in, given his um, shaky departure from the West Tigers and the sort of he said, they said sort of circumstances behind that. But um, by um, all reports, you know, having spoken to 60s and, and seen him at training, um, he made a very big impact from like the first session. So him him being there seems to be a very worthy inclusion. And we'll still run with the, the captain on the field, which will be Gutherson. And do we know who the vice is or we're not quite sure at this point? Oh, that's a good question. Who who filled yeah. in that capacity in, in 2019? I don't know. Anybody really did. Gutho played every minute of every what about, game. What about the Melbourne Storm game in the finals when he got concussed? Who was the captain? Who was the captain? Might have been Moses or something like that. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's go on to the next bit of news, which is Stefano Otuikumanu upgraded to a top 30 contract for this season, noting that he'll depart to the West's Tigers on a three-year deal at the end of the year. Had that been discussed? Was, had he already signed? From from our Christmas part, I can't remember. He, he hadn't signed the upgraded de- uh, deal at that point, but there was already reports that we had refused to release him early, and that we were looking at signing him to the top thirty contract. That's right. Well, I mean, he is signed, so there's no point of us releasing him early as well. Even back then, I held, I I've held the same opinion. There's no point us releasing him. He signed with us. We've done that in the past where we've released players, and it hasn't turned out well. So we're not a weak club. We're not a weak-minded club that. Um, allows players just to go willy-nilly. So I'm glad that we um, have kept him. And, you know, Stefano is a good player. And, I mean, it'll, it'll take a few injuries for him to make the first-grade team, but um, good young player and hope he comes back one day. And we will get to it, but he will get that uh, Eels debut in the nines uh, this weekend. So already um, proving that he'll get a run at least sometime this year. Uh, and then the next upgraded contracts, Reese Davies to a top 30 contract for the 2020 season. And then a, I believe he's a centre, Watson Haletta, uh, formerly of West's Tigers. He gets a development contract. Gosh, no, um, I understand he broke his jaw on the weekend. Yeah, really unfortunate he did break his jaw in the first half. And uh, he's a player that's been quite impressive at training. So hopefully he can come back with this sort of, what is it, like a six to eight uh, time span, six to eight week time span for those sort of things. So Something like that, yeah. So hopefully he can come back. Uh, and he's going pretty well in that trial, yeah, I might say. Yes. But um, the other player that's worth mentioning there is that Kyle Schneider was upgraded to a 2020 D6 deal as well. So that it's getting close to rounding out our development six. And, yeah, obviously the other one is Brock Lamb has left to go back to uh, Cessnock in the Newcastle comp. Maitland. Oh, to Maitland, is that right? Because. Sorry. They're apparently trotting out a very good team this year. 
Um, but it's in the Newcastle comp. He's probably got a good mining gig lined up, you know, a couple of hundred K in the bank account. So um, I can't blame him. No, not at all. Um, all right, next bit of news, 2020 para Blue and Gold Army Festival. That will be taking place on Saturday, the 22nd of February, 2020 at Bella Vista Farm at Bella Vista from 3 to 5 p.m. for Eels members and then open to the general public from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're not a member, get that membership up. And I think you have to bring your member cards on the day um, or at least that's how it's worked in the past. Um, I think it was two years ago they had it at Bella Vista. I think I met up with Birdie there um, at some point. And then last year they had it in Parramatta Park and there wasn't many people there given our terrible 2018 run. So um, you'll want to get there early because from memory, Birdie, it was a massive lineup just to get anything signed, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, they're two tenths and I had to make a guess because I needed to get it hanging to sign a card and right, but it was a shocking thing. Like I was there from like 3 to 5.30 maybe and I was for like two hours I was lining up. I was actually surprised. I think we had 10,000 that day. I think someone said 10,000 members turned up. So, you know, it's half our membership. Uh- yeah, I was going to say, it was about 40 degrees. <laughs> All right, yeah, so get down there if you want to get some jersey signed, whatever else. Um, they usually have kids' functions and all that sort of crap. Um And, yeah, meet and greet the players. Then there's usually a talk from um, the, the club. Then on to... That's out of the news items onto Junior Reps Round 1 New South Wales uh, results. So, SG Ball, Canberra Raiders taking the Bickies 30-16 uh, for the Eels. Two tries to Tyrone Sow. Is it Sow? Sow? Sow. The cousin or brother of former Knights player Junior Sow. Ah, there you are. I remember uh, Liggy Sow as well. That might be Union. Um, and then Maximus Tupu. Oh, that's a great first name, eh? That's a great yeah. rugby league name. <laughs> yeah. And Josh Chappell with two off the boot. Uh, did you guys want to touch on anything here? I, I, I didn't go down. Canberra's a bit too – Bill Connor's a bit too far for mm. two games on the weekend. Uh, from the highlights, you know, Chappell put um, Tupo into a nice hole and then threw an intercept – or threw an intercept before he put Tupo in a hole. Oh, that um, intercept was terrible. Oh, I mean – you know, when you look at it, they're playing very up and in. And I'm, from what I've heard, because Chapel's a new one from Derby in Queensland. So uh, he likes a short ball. So he might have to maybe next time put a little kick in, a little grubber in, would have caught them off guard, I think. And then into the Harold Matthews getting the chocolates in that one. Canberra Raiders four. And then Parramatta Eels 14 tries to Joshua Lua Lua Loto. <laughs> very, not, very good. <laughs> uh, Raphael Destratus and Suliasi Aho. And do yourself a favour, go watch that Aho try. Um, absolute cracker. Yes. He's big boy. Because he, he, he was in our um, Andrew Johns Cup last year, which is the country rugby league version of the 16s. And, um, yeah, I didn't realise. He, he grew a lot in uh Eight months' time, so big boy. And then in the Tasha Gales, Canberra Raiders 22 to the Parramatta Eels nil. And should be recalled in the finals last year, we trounced the Raiders 48 to 4. So big turnaround in that grade for the Raiders. And um, we hope that the uh, Tasha Gales women can uh, bounce back next week and uh, find a little bit of form. Uh, so next week we'll have Andrew Johns and Laurie Daly. That starts up this coming weekend. So we'll have some results for their first hit out and uh, we'll do the preview a little bit later on. Then just a recap of the preseason fixtures. So, of course, we've got the Nines 
this Friday and Saturday, the 14th and 15th of February, which will be broadcast on um, your KO and uh, Foxtel if you've got Foxtel. Uh, we'll get to the team list in a little sec. Then we've got the NRL All-Stars, which has two Eels uh, taking place, uh, taking part in that, sorry, which is Takarangi for the Maoris and Ferguson for the Indigenous uh, Australian Indigenous team. Uh, that'll kick off on the 22nd of Feb. I think it starts about 8 o'clock um, from memory. And then, of course, we've already touched on the Panthers and Eels trial on the 29th of Feb. And then we're first round... Uh, we kick off the 2020 season against the Dogs at Bankwest on the 12th of March on that Thursday. Uh, uh, just quickly, there's a, also a trial match here for Canterbury Cup. Uh, Ring Rose on the 21st of February against uh, the Rabbitohs, I'm going to say, and Jersey Flags on beforehand. I think that starts at 5 o'clock. Sounds good. All right, well, let's get into the junior rep round two preview, which we'll see the in the SG ball. Eels taking on the Shark at 1pm on Saturday, the 15th of February at Ringrose. So this is a full day at Ringrose. Um, what can we say about usually the Sharks have a pretty good uh, SG ball team? Yeah, it'll be their first game for the year because they were washed out uh, on the weekend. So running going through their team, I think one name sticks out to all Eels fans, Cade Dykes. I think we'll all know who um, he'd be the son of. Progeny. Other than that, though, um, no one really don't recognise any of the names from their team. So could be a young team. I'm not too sure. And then the Harold Mats will take, again, Eels against the Sharks at 11.30am uh, on that same day, Saturday, the 15th of February at Ringrose. Any names in this um, team stand out? I haven't put it up online. So. Yeah, this, this, we'll uh, classic before, New yeah. South Wales Rugby League. Once at a team list up at the moment. And then on to your Tasha Gales, which will be Eels taking on the Roosters Indigenous Academy at 10am on that same day, Saturday the 15th of February. Um, so I think a lot of us will probably be – no, the, the – the, the, sorry, not Auckland. The Perth Nines don't kick off until the <laughs> afternoon, so – um, you'd probably run up against the 1pm SG ball game, but the rest of it you'd be able to get away with. And then the Andrew Johns, which will be the first, uh, their, their round one fixture, which is the Titans taking on the Eels at 1.30pm. Um, from memory, was it in the Laurie Daly Cup that we came against the Titans in the grand final, I want to say, last year? No, yeah, I think it was the Titans. Yeah. Um, and same same teams again for the Laurie Daly Cup. Cup, which is at 2.50 p.m. on Saturday, the 15th of February. Um, but that's at Nedburn Field in Cudgeon. I have no idea where that is. So um, <laughs> <Up> <laughs> get your maps out. <laughs> uh, maybe um, uh, PM can tell us. Um, all right. Well, that'll about wrap up the junior reps. And don't forget, uh, subscribe to Bar TV on YouTube, or I think they've also got a Facebook page, and they'll live stream the Johns and Daily Cup matches. Um, you'd think New South Wales Rugby League might be able to get that for the other junior reps, considering that the Johns and Daly Cup have only been running for one year, but they've had a live stream that whole year, um, and it worked particularly well. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm not too sure if they will, because initially last year was run by the Country Rugby League, um, the competition, but since there's been a merger there with Country Rugby League and New South Wales Rugby League, um, they might stream it. I have a feeling they, they were streaming it because it is the country competition, so um, pretty spread out for 
parents and family to go and watch. Um, I, I hope that they're still streaming it because you know it's it's a good good way to keep in touch with the, some of the young players. And as we saw Suli Asiaho last year playing in Laurie Daly this year playing Howard Matson already, um, pretty big gift superstar. GIF superstar, whichever way you want to say it on Twitter. So, And then we'll jump into the RL Nines, which again will take place on Friday the 14th and Saturday the 15th. Why they're running it over to Friday and Saturday is beyond me. I think we've already had our um, say about that. Um, but um, the time slots to remember and the draw from what I understand is Perth time. So add, what is it, two hours or is it three hours? Three hours. Yep, so add three hours on top of it. So the two pool games that we have, you know, you've got a pool of four teams, but we only play two of those other three teams for some reason. Um, Friday, 5.20 p.m., so at three hours, 8.20 p.m., Bulldogs taking on the Eels. And then Saturday, uh, 12.25 p.m., Eels taking on Dragons. So again, at three hours, 3.25 p.m. Uh, it'll be broadcast on NRL Live Pass, Fox League, and KO, and Sky New-, New Zealand in New Zealand. So let's get to the team list. It was quite a strong team that we named. Um, Blake Ferguson, Brad Takarangi, Clint Gutherson, David Gower, George Jennings, Hayes Dunster, Jamin Salmon, Junior Paulo, Maker Sebo, Murata Neacore, Mitch Moses, Oregon Kafusi, Ray Stone, Reese Davies, Ryan Madison, Sean Lane, Stefano Otuikamanu, and Will Smith, Coach Brad Arthur. Um, so the split is nine who we'll see in our regular 17 and nine who will probably trot out for um, Parramatta in the reserve grade team. I love the team. I, You know, barring injury to Wanga Blake and... You know, you're probably resting the two Browns. I don't think you could pick um, a better squad there. It's just, well, I think what we saw in, especially from Australia in the World Nines, was the the players that can ball play. Uh, pro, you know, you talk about Nines and they talk about David Fafita, Payne Haas and what have you. Yeah, they're strong runners of the ball, but it's how well you can shift the ball and get those one-on-ones or two-on-ones, which are a lot more... Um, easier to find in the nine. So I, I really like this team. There's a lot of ball playing there. Um, speed across, you know, the entire side. Ball playing pretty much across the entire side. So I think we've picked a really strong team. We're taking it seriously, which I like. Um, you know, there's people will say, you know, why are we taking such a strong team? Um, I, I'm of the opinion that everything you do, you do to win. And that's, you look at, Previous winners of the Nines, they haven't been, you know, numpty teams like the Titans or Tigers. They've been Cowboys. The next year they won the competition, the Sharks. Next year they won the competition, the Roosters. Um, you know, it hasn't been, you know, even to say Parramatta, that we didn't go close until 2016. And then you look at that year and the year after, we were we were a top four team. So um, it's more about the mentality going into the game, I think. Absolutely. I think that taking the nine seriously has acquitted the Eels quite well in the past, and I think that the team we've picked this year reflects that. Um, like you said, the two Browns are probably the most noticeable absences, but um, in their place they've picked plenty of great players. So very, very exciting. Good to see Maker Siva there after um, his off-season issue, um, off-season issue, which hopefully will be resolved sometime in the near future in, in regards to the NRL. Um, but aside from that, uh, Jamin Salmon has a good chance to to make an impression here after falling down the um, pecking order a little bit. Uh, Reese Davies has you know picked up a top thirty contract today, so 
He's another player we're looking to impress. I think the player that I want to see the most out of is Oregon. I think he's um you know really on the cusp of cracking the top seventeen, and I think he's got the the athleticism and that lateral agility before the line to really be a weapon in this format. So hopefully he can make a you know a big big splash um, through the middle. And the other one obviously is Ryan Madison because he's the marquee recruit and the forward back. <clears throat> so you know just really exciting. I think the Dogs game you don't want to call it a gimme, but they named a pretty weak team. Um, I think the Dragons named a reasonable lineup. So and the mess the mess that is the draw that they've created means that I have no idea what's happening on day two. But uh, you know very excited. I'll tell you what. I'm surprised the Dragons um, didn't pick Norman. For us, he was a fant- he was yeah, just like that team of the tournament twice. It'd be it would have been up there, right? It was definitely team of the tournament once when we won it, and I think he might have been there twice. Yeah, you know, say what you will about Corey, nine suits him well with his size and speed and ball playing. So, I think that's a <laughs> bit of a win for us <laughs> in terms of that game. Yeah, I agree. Um, but something you've touched on before, Ham, is uh, the, the having a proliferation of halves in the team. And if you just look down the line, um, I know he's not a full-time half, but Takarangi's played a fair bit of six. And when uh, the World Nines, he was right up there as one of the best players for the Cook Islands on that opening night. I know he didn't go on to play the next day because it was a wedding, but um, he was really lit it up. So you've got one half there, Takarangi, then go down the list. I guess David Gow played a bit of six last year. Was that against the Titans? Jamin Salmon, Ryan From Madison. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Takas, and then, yeah, as you said, Salmon. Then you've got Moses. Then you've got uh, Reese Davies and, you know, Gutho pretty much plays a quasi five eighth um, role, and then Will Smith as well. You've got about six um, known playmakers, um, and then you add on top of that, you know, you got um, trying to oh god, Maddo, former half, still got that ball playing, yeah, former five eighth. We know him well from his twenty uh, days. Uh, Junior Paulo can definitely throw a pass and an offload. So. Sean Lane's got a main offload as well. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, it's I think nines is about how how you move the ball and how quickly you can shift the ball and um I've actually been watching Fox have been replaying uh some of the nines uh years today and yesterday and um well when this podcast goes out the two thousand sixteen have already been played. But uh in the morning, Wednesday morning, um got two thousand sixteen, just been watching them. And the teams that do well um are the ones that you throw the ball around. It's not just hit up kick. You know, we played Manly 2015. This today I watched. As soon as we got the ball, we were throwing it around, spreading them out, and we we didn't smash them, but we beat them quite well. Um, saw Manly first set of the game. They just took four hit ups and kick. It's not a regular uh, competition. I, I really enjoy the nine. So I wonder if our success in the nine speaks to our overarching approach to attack where we're a devastating team from the mid-range in the 13-man uh, code and it seems to translate really well to the nine-man version. Um, you know, we've had to focus really hard on improving in the red zone in recent years. That was a real, you know, point of emphasis last year in 2019 and hopefully it'll progress even more in 2020 with Andrew Johns coaching, uh, you know, our young but our returning spine from all four positions. But the they all seem to be, you know, one of the best long-range attack teams in the NRL and I don't think it's a coincidence that they're also devastatingly effective in the the abbreviated format. Oh, for sure. And 
I think that comes down to Moses and Guffo. Um, people talk about Guffo's and speed, but he's a smart footy player. When you go back and watch games from this year, there's a lot of stuff that he does, especially particularly from dummy half, that I don't think any full, you know, as good as Tedesco and two of us are I think Guffo just has a little bit more footy now to him. And I think that is because he doesn't really have, he's not as quick or um, as agile as those two, but he just, he sees something in a defensive line and he's quick enough to go do it. And so, I, yeah, that's, I, I'm 100% on that, that those two, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going, but <laughs> it was something, it was something. <laughs> Even though um, we know what Moses and Takara, sorry, we know what Moses and Guffer can bring to first grade, but I'm looking forward to seeing the likes of you know Davies, uh, Dunster, like the players that play for Winnie because I don't watch much Winnie games, so I, it's, I'd like to see how they're going to go in because we're going to need their help. You know, it's a squad um, effort we need this year, and if someone has to go, gets injured or you know gets suspended, like that next man up sort of thing. So I wanted to see how. You know, Hayes goes, Salmon even to, to a point, because like last year he wasn't as effective like he's running when he came in for Brown as opposed to his first year with us. And yeah, looking at um, Davies, you know, looking forward to it. And Kafusi, because I know that Stefano's leaving, but, you know, I'm all, all my all my eggs are in the Oregon basket right now. You know, <laughs> I really do hope he goes and takes the next level and, you know, establishes himself, you know, so... Yeah, it's uh, even Ray Stone. We all we all love to see him play, so good to see him get some minutes. And yeah, a bit you know, I'm a bit you know puzzled. Maybe Will Smith there, like I uh, I don't know. Is, is there a use for him in this team? Like, was he going to be? You could back? definitely slot in that. You know, he's one of those mixed playmakers. He can play fullback, half, and he could even slot in at nine if required. And given that we haven't named Reed Money, he he could play a little bit of that hooking role. Oh. Uh, has anyone forgotten the um, the game he played against St George? You know the forward passes. <laughs> Kicking out I don't think you should go anywhere yeah, near yeah. Uh, hooker. He had a rough game. Um, all right. Well, let's look at the other pools, which will be Pool One: Panthers, Warriors, Roosters, Knights. So all other three teams, other than Roosters, are thinking they're lucky stars. Um, I understand the Roosters are going to play the um, is it the the Club Cup? World um, Club, yeah, yeah World yeah, Club World Challenge, World Club Challenge, whatever they call it, um, over in the UK. So they've named a, a particularly weak side. Um, then in pool two, which is the one we're in, it's Bulldogs, Dragons, Eels, Sharks. We won't be going up against Sharks in their horrendous jerseys, um, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> then pool three, Raiders, Wests, Titans, and Rabbitohs. Um, out of that pool, I thought Rabbitohs named a pretty good lineup. Uh, Tigers named probably their strongest lineup that they could. Uh, Raiders was a little bit weak, and Titans I haven't actually looked at. Well, then- Titans have the great Greg Lelissi wow, so. Hey, I like Greg. <laughs> um, then into pool four, Cowboys, Storm, Broncos, Manly. Um, and just on Greg, you know, this is this is a competition where defence doesn't really matter. So um, this is right up his alley. True. Well, um, 2015, we had Halawafu Lavaka. So oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Blast from the past. Yeah. <laughs> we had him score a couple of tries there. So, yeah, Greg might. Light it up a little bit, especially with um his agility. But it's it's some of those players like um who was the fullback from Dragons? Uh, Jay Field. Jay yeah, Field. Jay Field. He exploded on the nines a couple of years ago, and you know he's looking at. Well, we were looking at trying to sign him, but from what I understand, from what was that 
um, website I linked today. It was like some Jewish world news <laughs> website, <laughs> which had an article about Jay Field going over to uh, the UK. It was just the weirdest place to ever find this article. <laughs> um, I but, can't um, say I looked at it. I thought it was a um, I thought it was a, a virus he was sending around. <laughs> I didn't click it. Um, and and um, if you remember, Ignatius Parsi, he was like player of the tournament in one of these, and he hasn't really gone on to too much. But but my point is, is that these players that probably might not live up to uh, what they might show on the NRL nines, they still uh, put in a really good performance in this shortened format. Um, so it might be some of those no names that you see coming through that uh, really take the the whole competition, or at least the nines competition, on fire. Um, all right, last pull, pull four, Cowboys, Storm, Broncos, and Manly. Um, Broncos named a pretty good squad. I think most teams there, except for Manly, um, were a bit short on players, but that's probably the most difficult pull would be the pull four, um, is my view. Isn't Manly's like practically Blacktown workers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Good on, good on Blacktown workers making it to Perth. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have a shout-out for who they reckon is going to be in the, the finals? Or um, have we not looked over at that um, too much in depth? I don't even know how it works because you've got... If you... Uh, oh, here we are. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got it now. So quarterfinal one is first pool one versus second pool number two, and then first pool two versus second pool one. Yeah. I guess if you're playing two games, what if everybody wins one and loses one? There must be tiebreakers, I suppose. Or... Um, yeah. Scored or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I think Eels and the Broncos is a favourite. Well, I was just Very about well. to say Eels versus Broncos, Birdie. So great minds. How long do you reckon it'll take us to score fifty-eight points? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I would say Tigers, but um, uh, can you finish ninth in the nines? Oh, that'll be fitting, eh? Ninth in nines. Hashtag our jungle. <laughs> we'll get on to that, Birdie. Your, your one-man war against the Tigers oh, in the offseason. Fire up, Birdie. Fire up. <laughs> um, but as said, it'll kick off at uh, 4 p.m. local time, uh, as in Perth local time, so about 7 o'clock here. Um, I understand that the broadcast starts about 6 o'clock with all the previews and whatever else on Fox. Um, so if you're keen to have a watch, um, lock it in there. I understand... Um, Oh, actually, no, we won't say that on the podcast. I don't know if 40 wants to be swamped by people going over to... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, I'm having it at my place, but I can't give out my address. I almost gave it out the other day when I was <laughs> Jack's, <laughs> Jack's Parramatta supporters gear. And, and shout out to, I want to say, Matt. Um, I had a kerfuffle with my membership pack um, and Australia Post. Uh, essentially, it got sent out before Christmas, like two weeks before Christmas, and I got the tracking and it shown up, but it was from Victoria coming up here, and I'm like, oh, crap, all the bushfires and whatever else. I assume it might just be held up by that, but it got to about two weeks into January, and it still hadn't come. Then I just rang up the club, and they're like, yeah, they've screwed us so many times. We'll just resend you out new stuff. And I think I got about six membership packs worth of crap come out. <laughs> six hats. Oh, man, I've got more than six hats, actually. <laughs> um, but, no, thanks very much for sorting that out. And now I've got all cards ready to go to round one as well. Um, yeah, and I got. Uh, I think I put it up on Twitter, the the misprint hat too, collector's item. The, the green one. 
Yeah, the green instead of the yellow. The green where the yellow is meant to be on the eel and the yellow where the green's meant to be. So um, bidding, bidding's open, boys. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up there and we'll just do a little bit of uh, what's been going on in your off-season, Birdie. Um, I'll start you on your one, one-man war against West Tigers on Twitter. Oh, yeah, just this, they're just so easy to, they just take the bait every time. Like, I just have to post hashtag our jungle and I've got half the West Tigers after me, you know? Like, I had one fan say, he, he put shit on us for Brock Lamb leaving because, like, really, Brock Lamb's going to push Mitchell Moses out. And he goes on and says, Leilua is the top five center in the game and has played in more grand finals than our club. We played in both the same amount, two grand finals each, but really, top five center? And then, then I found out I got catfished. I got catfish trolled. How is that possible? That Georgina chick. <laughs> Me and I should get Josh Reynolds well, done. I got some info on her, man. Maybe. Might have to um, bleep that name out, maybe. Maybe or allegedly it's her name. Well, it's got catfish. Yeah. Other than that, um, how much money did you spend? How much money did you send? Sorry. Oh, poor my poor dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you use your no. no. But I hasn't, they're just so stupid. Like, um, they, they, I trolled them saying, oh, that imagine paying 2.5 million for a one legged bunny and you wouldn't upgrade Matto and, oh, the shitstorm. Like, literally, my phone had to, I had to charge my phone. I had to bring, I had to bring my charger to work every day because my Twitter was booming. And, you know, as always, <laughs> check out our podcast for more. So, He's always good to plug the podcast. Dirty professional provocateur. Oh, <laughs> you know what's funny? You, you just have to do that hashtag our jungle, and they just come out of the woodworks. You know, like that's why I was. Um, I Maybe was they're Russian bots. <laughs> Maybe my cousin or something. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, I don't know. Like they've got, they've got. They clearly are triggered by us because even like Parramatta, like actual Parramatta, actual Twitter, when they post stuff, they're always Tigers fans in there commenting. So my my oh, favorite part about how how you know that they are triggered is they did that poll the other day. It was one of their supporters did a poll. Who do you want to beat most? And I think we were at 70% something or something, something out of the five teams. Yeah. All right, well, we'll leave, we'll leave your Twitter war there, Bertie, and we'll move on to uh, to 40. Well, the NFL's over. Um, we got to see the Chiefs beat the 49ers in, I wouldn't call it a, an instant classic Super Bowl, but it was a, an interesting fourth quarter. Um, so fourth quarter was, classic. Yeah, fourth quarter classic sort of. Um, a very defensive Super Bowl for the most part, but Pat Mahomes came up clutch when it was important. Uh, so it was good to see the the Chiefs, you know, break their fifty year drought and then obviously beat the Forty ers which are a divisional rival for the Seahawks. Uh, aside from that, just been following the NBA passively. Um, it's been interesting to see the Milwaukee Bucks go on a huge run, sort of looking to challenge the all time record for most wins in a season. Um, and beyond that, not much. Just waiting for the footy. Um, got my first taste last week with the Wenty trial, and that was like a uh, you know, starving uh, man getting like a little morsel of bread or something like that, and now I want more, so I can't wait for the nines. And yeah, just uh, just on the NBA, don't bet the NBA, just don't do it. No, it, it, the the influence between like players and referees and whatnot is just insane. You you're crazy if you bet. Yeah, well, I uh, I hadn't bet NBA for like two years, and then I put on two multis this week, and I re- remembered quite shortly why I don't bet on NBA. <laughs> Yes, sir. A lot of them yes. pull out on the last minute, like a lot of back-to-back, so you got to wait till the playoffs to have a bet, but uh, yeah. And Ham, you got any band recommendations? Oh, I was going to say, speaking of pulling out, um, my Tinder game isn't going that well. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that's bad. Um, no, <laughs> I was just going to say... Um, I thought you were about to say you'd, you'd knock somebody up on a one-night no. stand. <laughs> bad pull-out game there. <laughs> nah, I wish. Um, <laughs> God, I was going to come up with something really good here and say, sure you know, you had your NFL. It's all over now. Now the real American football season has started. The XFL. Hey, extreme. No, the X doesn't stand. It just it doesn't stand for anything. The X. It's just maybe extra, extra football league. I don't know, but I'm a big fan. I'm gonna um, go for the. I think it's um, the Battle Hawks. I can't remember where they're from, but that's that's the best name I've heard for a for a sporting team. The Battle Hawks. There's one called the Roughnecks. You should go for them. Houston Roughnecks. The Seattle Dragons. Nah, the Battle Hawks. I'm going for the, and I'm going to follow them. They're going to be my number two team, I think, because West Ham aren't doing well. <laughs> I think we'll, I think I would. St. Louis, there you are. It's we'll the Lewis Battle Hawks. Relegated. <laughs> the the Lewis. St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Oh, geez, St. Louis is a hole. Yeah. Oh, stop it. My family lived there. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm from Mount Druitt. I know exactly what holes are. So, so is it the yeah, Pendrick of America? It's like the Mount Druid of America. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, actually, it did have like a big ghetto population. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, yeah, so go Battlehawks. Um, look, I'm just I'm just craving footy. Just craving footy. Uh, we had our trial match for the Canterbury Cup last week, and it, it, you know, good, good appetite, but I need, I need the main course now. Yep, yep. And any band recommendations or albums of the decade, given the decades just passed? Um, my album, oh, when did it come out? I th- no. Oh, Rebecca Black's single Friday came out nine years ago today. So, you know, big hit of the 2010s. Um, I just want, I just want Limp Biscuit back. If I'm honest, I just, because <laughs> in my job, I drive around to a lot of different sites. So I've just been putting on some Limp Biscuit, and it's just, what a band. Like, this is for another podcast, but to completely create a new genre of rap rock. What a band. Fred Durst bring, is legendary. Bring back Nickelback. They're all right. For like no. one or two songs. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. That's yeah, it. We'll on, on that bombshell. <laughs> In, in names of bringing a band back, I understand Rage Against the Machine are doing some touring this year. So yes, with um, yeah. Run the Jewels. So that's pretty big. That's huge. I might fly over to America for it. And from there, um, for me, yeah, just the NFL. Me, me and Forty are officially friends again. Yep, we had um, a one week war, um, and ended with the Green Bay Packers prevailing over the Seahawks. But we're back to being friends again, which is good. Yeah, we're well, both rooting against 49ers in the yep. um, the Super Bowl, so all's well that ends well. Um, I think we we're both pretty much teams that were in a rebuilding year that somehow made it to the Surpa- playoffs. Surpassed expectations. Yeah. Further than what we should have, so. Yep. <laughs> um, then um, baseball, yeah, that's that's come through. Oh, now, my hasn't God, it? Uh, the Astros. Yeah, worse than what you thought it was. Yeah, well, it keeps getting worse because now we're talking about from the, the trash can and the TV to actual electronic buzzers in this year's um, championship series in the AL. So 
And and baseball's a bit different in that you can't have any electronics around the field area. Is that correct? That's right. So sign stealing is a big part of baseball as far as the players on the base path at second base and whatnot, snum, like taking the signs away from the catcher. But what the Astros are doing was using technology, which is a huge no-no. And historically, there's been a couple of circumstances that are similar to that. Like going right back to the, the foundations of baseball, would be, I, I think, was it the Black Sox or the Yankees? Someone was using like a telescope from the crowd and, and – was um, stealing signs that way, which was cheating back in the day. But um, what the Astros did is uh, unprecedented on the level and um, how deep it went to the organization and the the um, sort of wet hand response by the uh, the baseball authorities has been uh, very uh, poorly received by the wider fan base as they sort of try and you know not want to expose the, um, the depth of the sport to how corrupt it was uh, because it's bad. It is real bad. And for people that understand baseball, the Astros are uh, probably like, think of it, not, not quite as good as the Patriots or, or the Melbourne Storm, but they're in that sort of caliber of team as far as they're the organization that everyone aspired to be on a success basis. They had the best uh, drafting system, the best development system. They went out and signed people and turned them from uh, has-beens into superstars again. And this sort of just undoes everything behind it because it turns out a lot of what they were doing, almost all of what they were doing, was and why people were getting better there was because they were cheating significantly. So huge, huge for the sport. Tell you what, that Verlander guy's the luckiest mofo in the world. Getting well, paid hundreds of millions and see his wife. Oh, she beaut that Kate Upton girl. Yeah, he's, he's doing all right. It's, it's funny because <laughs> Ver, Verlander was prior prior to joining the Astros. Verlander was very vocal about cheating in the game and how bad it like you know how bad people should be punished for it. And since he joined the Astros and became the best pitcher in the game, he's been very quiet about the um the fallout from this, so. Um, and then if anybody's liking their uh, hockey as well, that's going on at the moment, which is um, a bit of fun. Other than oh. that, the golf's back on too. No, golf I, isn't a sport. Ice hockey is. Golf is a sport. No, it's not. It's a hobby. Um, <laughs> Actually, it is a hobby for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like AFL. It's a hobby. It's not a sport. Uh, ice hockey, man. That's brutal. I watched um, the game some, the other- They're some of the most skilled athletes on the planet. Like, their coordination oh, is insane. The size of them, and they're, like, on little t- tiny figure skates. Like, yep, and they're just they're going backwards, forwards. Like, they're watching people come from, three, like, 360 degrees around them. Uh, it's a I, hard sport to get into, but it's a good sport to follow once you do. I think- um, I need like the puck watch. I need it yeah, to be like highlighted. Yeah. <laughs> They've they um I think rugby league, the NRL could take a stance from their um punch on rules. Yeah, to- it's funny because like it it just it works so well in hockey, isn't it? Like they square up, get put in the bin, and then the team's gone from there. Like Yeah. Um, and then because it's only ever one on one. It's never Yeah, exactly. More There's than no, no third usually- man in. It, it's just like there is a ritual aspect to it that every team respects. So. Yep, and boom, two minutes, five minutes, whatever, sin bin, you're out. But it's only two. It's only ever two people, and if only we had that in rugby league instead of all this pushing and shoving and slapping. And, <laughs> it's gotten pretty ugh. bad. One thing I did it's want to just, shout out, sorry, Ham, was... Um, no, no, you're right. I, I don't know if anyone caught it, but the uh, Bushfire Charity game, uh, cricket game on Sunday was an absolute cracker. That was really fun. Seeing a lot of the legends come back and and how good didn't, some um, were. Didn't the accountant get out first? He ball, he, he looks pretty shocking, uh, Cameron. <laughs> he he did not have a career in many other sports, and I think as brilliant as he is in rugby league, he, um, <laughs> he doesn't have much of a background in cricket. But um, 
There was 57-year-old Courtney Walsh still bowling over 110 kilometers an hour. Uh, Brian Lara was as good as he ever was. Uh, it was just amazing. All right. Well, I think we might wrap it up there. Um, and we'll be back weekly from now on uh, next week with the review of the NRL 9s and um, the junior reps and then looking forward to the trial match. Uh, so um, from all of us here, thanks again for tuning in for the 2020 season. And uh, we're very hopeful that it'll be a very successful season. And that success starts this weekend. Yeah, Cheers. thanks for coming That's back. It. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you have, or if That's you're right. a new listener, thanks for joining us you know it's not we're not a serious podcast i have to go back to the first one so. or you could listen to all 60 something podcasts that we have if you're real crazy it's up to 83 there you go, oh, 83. speaking of going sorry just really quickly if you want a good podcast season one of the worst idea of all time two new zealand two kiwi comedians um watch grown-ups two once a week and review it very funny listening i'm going through it for the second time so <laughs> listen to that it's uh, an experiment of the human psyche. All right. Well, I've got one podcast recommendation, but it's probably on the bleaker side. 1619. Um, very well done. It's about uh, American uh, slavery in, in, in America. Um, but Good, way yeah. to, good way to finish the podcast. Yeah, a bit of a Debbie Downer there. Um, <laughs> all right. We'll, um, we'll see you on the other side of the NRL nines, and um, we hope you enjoy your rugby league this weekend. Cheers. Catch see you later. Side. How about that? Bye, bye.